Uh, I would like to uh, preach uh, uh, an interesting message. Um, it's something that I, I trust will bless you. It has blessed others. Uh, but really, uh, today's message uh, kind of begins up in teen uh, adult Bible study. Uh, up in teen adult Bible study, they began by taking prayer requests. And, and it really wasn't atypical. It, it was really, it, it could even represent a lot of our prayer meetings. Uh, the particular prayer request, uh, one person is taking sailing lessons and and so I think they don't want to sink. And, and so, yeah, that, that, that is good. One had hurt uh, her finger and uh, just uh, wanted the Lord to uh, take care of that. And, and there were some relatives who needed a house. Uh, quite honestly, I've been in Baptist prayer meetings, and, and you could really digest them down to just a couple things. Uh, you know, I need a job. That's a pretty popular request. Uh, I, I have this health need. Uh, that, that's something that you hear a lot of. And probably the third one would be, let's pray for this individual who really needs to be saved, but it's a difficult situation. Uh, maybe it's a person, a relative or something that is just like bedrock, and, and I'd like to get the whole church uh, praying. And, and those are three very typical prayer requests that, that probably are the majority of a lot of our prayer meetings. Today's sermon is entitled, Unusual Prayers. Now, they're not unusual because you can't find them in Scripture, because all three of them are, are, are right there in the Scriptures in front of us. I think what makes them unusual is the fact that we don't usually hear prayers like this. Heavenly Father, I do pray today that uh, you, uh, by the Spirit of God, would apply the Word of God to every heart that's here. Every one of us has needs, and, and you teach us how to pray that we might depend upon you, and that you might move the mountains that, that are uh, in our lives. And so I pray that you would use the scriptures to teach us how to pray, but, but help us to not just pray the, I'll call them normal prayers, help us to pray the unusual prayers. And I pray these things in the name of Christ Jesus, amen and amen. You know, for young people, and, and maybe we can relate to this too, um, you know, we, we understand some of the comic books, I understand comic books were kind of a way to have some kind of hero when, when life wasn't really good. And so we could imagine there was this Spider-Man guy, and he was, you know, bringing justice and, you know, kind of behind the scenes, you know, and, and, and he was doing good. Or, or there, was, there was this Superman, you know, who, who was a good person, and, and, and he was, or, or a Captain America, you know, and, and they were these people working behind the scenes, a, a world that is evil, a world that's imperfect, and, and, and they were righting wrongs. And, and, and we would read those things and get excited about uh, those kinds of things. And now they've just taken our comic books, maybe from when us older folks were kids, and, and now they've made them movies, you know, and they're very popular and everything, and, and everyone's familiar with them. Some of the very uh, uh, first uh, shows that they'll have, or the first issues that they'll have, if, if it's a comic book, is called an origin issue. It's how this person became, you know, how they got these superpowers, you know. Uh, uh, here, this guy, he was just a normal guy and, and, and such, and a, and a radioactive spider bit him. And oh my goodness, now, well, instead of killing him, which is probably what would really happen. Uh, he, he gained this amazing superpower, you know, and he can do all these things that no other person can do, you know, and, or, 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 you know, Superman, he, he wasn't even of this world. He came from some other place, the origin type series. And, and, and we become familiar with these 
people who may even look like normal people in life having superpowers. And in the origin series, many times they accidentally discover, you know, the power that they had that they didn't even know. Uh, and wow. And for young people, it's neat to imagine, what if you had a superpower? What if you could do extraordinary things, impossible things? What if you were related to the most powerful being in the universe who gave you unusual powers and abilities to do things. You know, if you're a believer, the Bible does say the power of God can rest in you. And the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What if your father, the most powerful being in the universe, gave unto you special powers and access to unique knowledge that could do impossible things. I think that's what prayer is. And I want to tell you a little about those kinds of prayers. Unusual prayers. We're going to look today at uh, three unusual prayers. Each is based upon a Bible passage. Truths that are hidden, as it were, in plain sight. See, what makes these prayers unusual is that rarely do you hear them prayed, even though they're right there in the book you call the Bible. Psalm 141.5 is the first one. I trust you're there by now. And I remember back in the days when uh, Larry Schmidt and I were at Greendale. Oh my, those were the olden days, Larry. I hate to say it, you know, but it's true. And the Lord taught me this one day as I was reading this particular section of Scripture... I actually came to this because I had a need in my life, and uh, uh, the Lord just kind of showed this, and it, it, it certainly put the finger of God in the area where I need to be less like myself and more like Christ. And so I memorized this particular psalm. It is a prayer. It's a very unusual prayer. Psalm 141, verse 5, follow along with me. Here's the prayer. Let the righteous smite me. It shall be a kindness. And let him reprove or correct me. It shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head. For yet my prayers will be in his calamities. Whoa, what, what in the world are we talking about here? Let's make it simple, all right? By the way, there are two lines that mean the same thing, which helps unlock the strange message of this particular prayer, okay? Basically, this person who doesn't know that they have sin in their life, I mean, everything's right as far as they know, things are good, they're walking with the Lord, and yet they're asking God to send someone their way who also walks with God to show them the error of their ways, the errors that they don't know about. And so they're praying, send the righteous person my way to punch me. Now, thankfully, it's parallel. The punch is correction. And especially us men understand that, you know, uh, we wrestle a little more with pride. And so, oh, correction, I, 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 there's something that I'm not doing right. Oh, that hurts. And, and so we understand uh, the, the punch that that delivers. And yet he's asking for that. Send a righteous man my way to correct me. Even though it hurts, you know what? I'll consider it a good thing. I'll consider it an inheritance, a precious thing. 
Uh, when the Lord changes me and I get out of the way, uh, now I'm in the position to be used to the Lord, to be doing things that are eternal. Uh, it's a good thing. I just, I just got to uh, get by this and, and to ask for that. We call this, by the way, aggressive teachable spirit. And, and we don't see it very often. All right. I even teach young people, you know, you ought to go to your pastor and you ought to say, preacher, is there an area in my life that you see that could change? Now, you've got to wait for your pastor to get off all the ground because he's probably going to faint. Because, I mean, we just don't hear these kinds of things, all right? And, uh, you know, the Lord helps you to see things. Uh, there's a disease called kind of myself that uh, many times we can see everyone else's problems, but not our own. And everyone else can see my problem, but not me. And I need someone to clue me in. We simply call this buy me a clue, all right? That's just a simple little way of thinking it and, and, and reminds ourselves no matter where we're at or how long we've worked with the Lord, guess what? There are more areas that need to change and everyone else can see it and we ought to be asking God to reveal it to us. The finger of God is in every one of our lives. It starts at salvation, but then it works milk and proceeds to meat. And we need to get to those complex meat things so we can be mature. And many times when we put on the brakes or we, we don't realize where the Lord wants to work, we're our own worst enemies. And we keep ourselves from the maturity that we need. And we actually end up putting holes in our own boat. And so uh, we want to pray and ask God, we, the, 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 uh, it will not break my head, I think it's a reference to pride. And matter of fact, because not everyone will appreciate someone who comes and hurts me by telling me something I don't want to hear, I'm going to pray for this guy. Because he's helping me out, but not everyone's going to like him. And so my prayers will be in his troubles. This is a very unusual prayer. I don't know very many people who pray this aggressively. God, send someone my way to correct me. Because I, I need to change, and I don't even know where. Reveal where your finger is in my life. And I know it'll probably hurt, but you know what? It's an inheritance. It's a kindness. And I know not everyone will love this person for doing this, so I'm, I'm going to pray for this person. It's a very unusual prayer. I have never heard prayed in a Baptist prayer meeting. We'd probably be stunned if, if someone offered a prayer like this in one of our prayer meetings. It's very unusual, but it's very powerful. I, I don't know that the ear of God is attuned towards give me a Lamborghini. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I know the Lord's ear is not attuned to that. But his ear is attuned to prayers like this. And you will find that you will have the opportunity and the ability to do things that are unusual, extraordinary, super perhaps, as you do it the right way. This kind of a prayer teaches you things you cannot see. This unusual prayer unlocks God's wisdom onto you, but it requires humility and passion for change, which is probably why it's unusual. Because there's just not a lot of that going around these days. You know, the Lord helped me through that prayer to see that I looked at marriage differently than he did. I'll have to admit, I, I was kind of on phileo love level uh, when I met Nancy, uh, who I would like to have marry me someday. I have a little picture of Nancy. This is when I first met her. Now, young folks, this, this is called a photograph. It's, it's like made out of paper. 
It's like posting, but it's like permanent, you know? We used to write messages on the back of these, and we didn't know what acid-free ink was back then either, so most of it was gone. Uh, I can only make out the words good-looking and hunky and, well, whatever else my mind imagines, but, you know, because there's no more ink on the back of this. But that, that's Nancy when I first met her, and, you know, when I first met her, I thought, you know, getting married, that'd be good, you know? She can cook better than me, and, and, and boy, that'd be a good thing, you know, so marriage is good, you know, and, and I don't know to this day how she does it, but quite honestly, you know, when I, when I do the laundry, uh, all, all my whites come out pink. Uh, I'm not sure why. Uh, what, I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong, but her whites come out white, and, and, and her colors come out colored. I mean, marriage is a good thing, let me tell you. Oh, of course, there's some other things that uh, I'd probably be interested in that she could do for me, you know. And marriage would be good. The problem is, that's phileo love. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. That's not agape love. And when the Bible says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, it's talking about agape love. It's sacrificial love. And so my Christian marriage has not really gone in the direction it should And the Lord started showing me I had the wrong view of marriage according to God. Lord, this is nuts. I mean, marry for the sake of serving another and not what you get? Matter of fact, there was a time the disciples were talking to Jesus about marriage and and Jesus was starting to teach them about marriage and they were like, if this is what marriage is like, well, he said, to whom can receive it? It goes against our fleshly grain. And I had to say, Lord, help me to look at it the way you look at it. Because I'm probably putting holes in my own boat. And I don't even know it. Save me from myself, Lord. And that helped me to start to understand that there was other things that I didn't even know either. That I was kind to myself in. And others could see it, but not me. And I learned for many, many years ago to pray an unusual prayer. That's been like a key that has opened God's treasuries continually onto me. It's been a rich inheritance. I know the Lord would do the same for you, for you have the same Father if you're a believer. It's just an unusual prayer. And it's going to require some humility and some passion for change. These are things, by the way, that we teach our young people, uh, and this is why they serve at a level uh, that you see there at Camp Joy, and even the Catholics can see it's a good thing. Matthew chapter 17, let's turn there real quick and let's look at the second unusual prayer. Matthew chapter 17, the text begins at verse 14. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him, uh, that is Jesus, saying, Lord, have mercy upon my son. He's a lunatic, sore vexed. Oftentimes he falleth in the fire and often in the water. And I brought him to thy disciples and They could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O lack of dependent and twisted generation. Perverse means to be twisted. Faithless is just a lack of depending. How long shall I be with you? How how long shall I put up with you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said, because of your lack of dependence. 
For verily I say unto you, if you depend upon God as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Oh, how be it. This kind goeth not out, but by expression of dependence, that's prayer, and expression of dependence, that's fasting. Uh, if you are so dependent upon God that you talk to him about whatever it is that you're bringing before him, and you go without food, boy, that, that's a willingness to depend upon only God to do the work. And so there are times where there are impossible problems, but not for God. I like to pray it this way. Dear Lord, only you can move the mountain. And I have seen things that I did not have the power to do. I didn't even know where to begin. Moved by God. Impossible mountains that God moved, particularly as I went all in and put all my dependence upon God to do it, which you would have seen expressed through prayer and fasting. The heart behind this prayer is to agree that without God we can do nothing, which John 15, 5 says, without me ye can do nothing. <laughs> which is a hard truth to accept, but it still is true. And fasting and prayer expresses that level of dependence upon God to be the power that moves the impossible mountain. This unusual prayer is to succeed when things are impossible. This unusual prayer experiences God's power to do the impossible, but it requires humility and patience to see God do mighty works. Seeing family, seeing family saved. I grew up Catholic. I was the first in my Catholic family. Now all uh, of my Catholic relatives have trusted in Christ in the next 20 years, which if you're Catholic, you know that's a big deal. And God did it. I've seen even more incredible things than this. I remember as a pastor there, church planting at New Hope Baptist Church in South Africa, a mom came to me and, and she shared a little bit about one of her adult daughters and the sin her adult daughter was in. And when I heard of this, I thought, I don't have a clue what to do. I have never heard of an individual recovered from this sin. And so I went to, uh, actually it was an area... Uh, in Africa, you don't, you don't have lawns, uh, per se. You have a lot of rock and dirt. And, and uh, the person before me had paved this walkway, and it was, you know, circular. If you began at one point, it might take you about five minutes. And we used to call those the paths of righteousness. And uh, I would walk these, and I, I would talk to the Lord there in the morning as I would walk. You know, there's actually Bible examples of prayers where you cast your eyes onto Jerusalem, so your eyes are actually open and, and I would walk and I'd pray and I'd just talk to the Lord. It kind of felt like the Garden of Eden many times. And I, I would walk and I'd pray. And so I went to those paths and I said, Dear Lord, I have no idea what to do. I have never even heard of a person being recovered of this particular sin. Only you can move the mountain. And I, I would pray for seasons daily for this individual and it became to the point where even if I'm out in the world and you might see me at the hardware store, if this person's uh, name came to my mind, within my mind, not verbally, I would pray a little 10 to 15 second prayer, dear Lord, only you can move the mountain. 
It so happened that uh, my wife and I went and visited and called on this person. She had moved a little distance away and was on her own. And we came and visited, had a little uh, meal there with her. And we saw how she was doing. She was very happy that we called on her. And we did not mention the sin that she was involved in that we knew of. And of course, she didn't mention it either. And it was a good time. And we departed and we continued to pray, Dear Lord, only you can move the mountain. It was not too long after that that she called us wanted to, again, visit and meet. And so, again, we came and visited and had a little meal. And she shared uh, some very concerning news uh, with us that uh, she was uh, having epileptic seizures. I think she was 20, 21 years old. I mean, this was a very unusual thing. The doctors did not know what the problem was. and, and, And we asked if we could pray for her, which she was very happy for us to do. And we continue to pray, Dear Lord, only you can move the mountain. It was not long after that that she called us again. And again, we came and visited. By the way, uh, when she asked us to pray, she did not mention the sin she was involved in. Just would you pray for us? And we didn't mention it either. We continued to pray. And uh, she called again a short time after that. And uh, we came again and met again. And uh, she had just uh, had an epileptic seizure while driving her car. She had totaled her car and she didn't have any insurance. She didn't mention the sin she was involved in, and neither did we. And we continued to pray for her. It was not but a couple weeks after that that she called again. Wanted to know if we'd meet with her, which we did. And she shared that she just got the diagnosis that she had a very aggressive cancer. I mean, I don't think Job had as many problems as she did. And she shared the sin she was involved in, which we knew all along. And she shared how she really believed she needed to get out of it. I have never known a person to this very day recovered from this particular kind of sin except for this woman who's a member of the church, is married, has children, is in good standing. God moved an impossible mountain. And because we paid very close attention to how to do this, she had the ability to be in the church and to be a fine upstanding member and only but a few know the details. I've seen God do things like keep a camp open in the middle of COVID because a year ago in March as this all started we started praying a couple unusual prayers which included only you can move the mountain and as the Lord could do it We've been open since May with zero camper COVID. Wow. I wish I had the time to tell you the details of that. But let's go to Revelation chapter 3 because there is one more unusual prayer that we must need see. And I trust you will begin praying yourself. Revelation chapter 3 beginning at verse 7. Now this really more directly 
can I say that this is really for a church? And we are but a camp. We would say that we are in the church age, not the camp age. We're a one-talent entity that's just a tool that's available for local churches to use. We're, we're, not, we're not the focus, okay? Uh, what's happening here is a focus. And so, uh, here in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, God speaks to a particular church, and he says, to the angel, which literally is the pastor, of the church in Philadelphia, write, These things saith he that's holy, he that's true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man open. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. This is, I think, most directly applicable to churches but we have taken it and made an application out of it in the work that we do at camp. And so, along with God asking him to do the impossible, we also began to ask God, Dear Lord, give us the open door no man can shut. We could call that influence or opportunity to influence. And it's something that ought to be precious to us as precious as our lives and our health is. Do not lose sight of the importance of influence. We were very conscious of it and knew that if we did not have a camp season, we would lose opportunity to influence. And that's a big deal. But we knew that most of this wasn't in our hands. And so we ask God, give us the open door no man can shut. And I think he has done that, which might be another impossible mountain. I remember the mother uh, last summer who called up from Ohio, and she literally said, are you open? And we said, we are. And she said, oh, my goodness, my 17-year-old son, he so loves camp. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I know this is way too much to ask, but if I flew my son and his best friend to O'Hare, I shall, I replied and interrupted and said, I shall drive and pick them up. Oh my goodness, that would be so amazing. Uh, Here I'll send the flight details. And I drove down and picked up a 17-year-old boy and his very Catholic teen friend. And we came to Camp Choi. They really came to not the right camp because they came to an inside-out spiritual emphasis week camp, which meant it was for saved teens. It was one salvation message, seven aggressive messages on discipleship-type issues. When the Catholic boy hasn't trusted in Christ, and there's only one salvation message. And so the preacher isn't even preaching on where the finger of God is working in the Catholic boy's life, But his counselor tuned in. His counselor learned to use a combination of elite love and working where the finger of God is working and to try to discern of the Lord where is God working in this person's life. Not to get distracted by other things that are important, but to work where God is working. And so that counselor was working with this 17-year-old boy and the camp began praying 
because the Christian teens started hearing and perceiving. And on Tuesday, when that boy made a profession of faith, he took his faith, trust, belief, dependence off of good works and put it on Christ and Christ alone. It was electric. It might be what we used to feel in a revival. It was pretty amazing. And on Saturday, I got to drive those two boys back to O'Hare. Now, they needed their cell phones in order to call when they were at the airport and tell mom and all. And they turned their phones in when they got to camp. They went without phones. They fasted. It was an e-fast, brother. All right. That might be better than the food one these days. Okay. And they went on an e-fast all that week of camp. And then on Saturday, they're getting their phones back. Now, after a week of e-fast, most people like to eat. Not these boys. An hour and a half drive there, and they wanted to ask questions. There were a lot of very practical theological questions, and it seemed like a 10-minute drive. As I pulled up and said, walk right in there, I can see the very line you're supposed to be in, right there, go right in there, and you're right in the right spot. The former Catholic boy draws near, and he looks at me and he says, this truly has been the best week of my life. Keep up the good work. I get cheerleaded by 17-year-olds. Let me tell you, there's nothing like it. It took twice the work that it normally would work in order to be open. We pre-screened every single individual. And we asked the Lord to do what only God could do. But it's worth it. Because of the importance in God's economy of influence. Do not lose sight of that. It may be more important than your health and your life. But that would be a really unusual way of thinking. I think this unusual prayer is to see life as God sees it. We'd call that vision. I think all three of these, by the way, Oh, by the way, that probably requires humility (laughs) and seeing things the way God does, which is not natural. But I think when we exercise these things, we probably actually fulfill 1 Thessalonians 5.17, which is called pray without ceasing. I'm not in a closet 24-7, but I am in an attitude of prayer all the time. And I can send up little 10 to 15 second ones without even saying words. And continually cast my dependence upon the Lord to do what only He can do. Three unusual prayers, all based upon unusual Bible verses. Wisdom, the power to do the impossible, vision. Let the righteous smite me, it shall be a kindness. And let him reprove me. It shall be an excellent oil which shall not break my head. For yet my prayer shall be in his calamities. If you have faith, dependence upon God as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. 
what we call buy me a clue. Only you can move the mountain and give us the open door no man can shut. Are you willing to be different? To pray differently? Are you willing to be unusual? To pray even the unusual things of God? Would you be interested in an unusual prayer life that changes your life? I trust that here the unusual prayers become the normal prayers. And I'm pretty sure I know your pastor well enough to know that it would cheerlead him as well. Heavenly Father, I am thankful that you have given us these truths hidden in plain sight that learned men might miss, but that the simple can perceive and know, almost like a superhero that has these unusual powers that no one knows of and is able to go forth and make a difference in the world and make things right and do incredible, impossible things. Lord, I pray that we would think like you do in the area of depending upon you, in the area of casting our dependence upon you, which we simply call prayer. Amen and amen.